Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nobody's Podcast. I'm your host, James Watson, and I am so excited for you to be joining me this Monday for Food for Thought. That's right. If you didn't know, you do now. Every Monday, we're going to start our week off with a little food for thought. It's time that we take back our Mondays and use them to bless our week instead of curse it. You know, part of Mondays is getting to celebrate all the wonderful things that God has done for us the past week and allow it to be an assurance that he has more wonderful things for us this week. So I want to take a moment and I want to share with you a little bit of what happened last week. Um, last Friday, I had a visitor here at the shop, um, a little unannounced, didn't really understand who or what or why. Um, but just to give you a little context of it, a Friday morning, I had shown up to work and needed to get my trailer out and to go get material and whatnot. I got my trailer hooked up and pulled it out and I looked back in the dark corner of my outside of my building and wedged up up against the building in my metal pile was this really nice Harley. The Harley was all chromed out. It was really nice. And it was really odd because I wasn't expecting anything from me. I wasn't expecting a project from anybody or anything. So I looked around to see if there was a note on it or anything like that. And went, went on through my day a little bit, you know, really feeling like the audacity of some people. You know, the audacity of some people just to leave their stuff and not give you any warning and... You know, then I began to wonder like, you know, oh, did somebody just leave it just to leave it? You know, maybe I should have it towed off. How dare them? And as I'm thinking all this, you know, God begins to do a work on my heart. And I begin to get this little feeling of, you don't know. Are you really going to assume the worst? So I sat and thought about it for a minute and I decided, you know what? I have a brother-in-law who's a sheriff and I'm going to call and I'm going to check to make sure the bike's not stolen or something crazy. So I called him, gave him the VIN numbers, gave him the tag number, gave him a picture number. Said, yes, it did come back as it was um, from Kansas, out of state. He said, we're going to try to contact the individual who owns the bike. And we're going to see maybe if he knows that his bike is here in Oklahoma. Great. About 15 minutes later, I get a call back. And I get it's from my brother-in-law. And he says, uh, hey, bud, um, talk to the troopers up in Kansas and they had informed me that, you know, this guy is, he's been to prison a couple times. He's been strung out on meth. He's been running for a long time. You know, this isn't the type of guy that you want to really be fooling with and you really don't want his stuff around your shop. And so he gave me my options and my options were, well, you can either have the bike towed away at the owner's expense and that's perfectly fine because it's your property. 
or you can leave it be. But as far as they were concerned, that it was up to me because there was nothing they could do. So I got off the phone with him, and it was heavy on my heart to pray. And I began to pray. And it was brought into my reminding, it was, it was reminded to me, of the scripture that I had been leaning on all day Thursday. You know, on Thursday, the scripture that was so on my heart was Isaiah 32, 2. And it says, each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadows of a great rock in a thirsty land. Then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed, and the ears of those who hear will listen. You know, in that moment, I was humbled. I was humbled quickly. And the question got rose. How is it that you will be a shelter? How is it that you will be a refuge? How is it that you will be streams of water or the shadow of a great rock? If you're always worried about every person that shows up to the oasis. You know, all day Thursday, I asked God to help me to become an oasis, help me to become a shelter. And I kept getting told, you know, it's like, oh, well, maybe that verse isn't for you. And then I was reminded of another verse. That verse is John 14, 12. It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Wow. You know, Isaiah was telling of Christ coming. He was telling who and what Christ would be to us. And then Jesus tells us, greater things will we do as he goes to the Father on our behalf. I want to encourage you for a minute, you know, to take the thought and decide what is it that we've asked God for that we are trying to actively sabotage. To move forward with this story, I'm praying all day Friday. You know, I ask God to, for, to forgive me. I decided to leave the bike alone and I began to pray for the man. I didn't know why, but I began to pray for him. Got about three hours into it and I felt as though the Lord had instructed me to write him a letter. So I did. I wrote him a letter. I didn't know him, 
But God laid it on my heart, the words to speak to him. You know, and they were pretty vague. Went a little something like, you know, we're not all dealt the same deck of cards. Not all dealt the same hand. And it's oftentimes that we're looking at our deck of cards and we're wondering how is it that we're going to play a game with such a poor hand? Well, Jesus calls us to believe. Jesus calls us to believe in him. And, and if we do, then we will be able to accomplish greater things than what he did. So I wrote the letter and I taped it to the motorcycle. And I continued to pray. Got to about one o'clock in the afternoon and I was tired. I was hungry. And a peace came over me. I decided that I would go and I'd get some lunch. And I, so I got out when I get in, I got in my truck. Got ready to leave and I looked back and I see these three people standing around this bike. One was a taller man. He was putting on all his leathers. Rough, biker looking fella. He was there with another man and a woman. So I walked over to him and I said, Hey brother, is everything okay? He just looked at me with a somber look. And shook his head. Yes. I said, are you sure, brother? And with no words, he shook his head again. I said, bub, you may be careful. The front tire's looking a little slick and the rain's been coming down awful hard. God sure loves you. I was when the woman asked me, she said, did you write that letter? I said, yes, ma'am, I did. As I turned back to look at this man, all strapped up in his leathers, hardened by a life of turmoil and stress and chaos, he said, I don't know if I can talk about it. He said, but I needed that letter. I gave him a big hug and I began to tell him how much that he meant to God. And I began to encourage. And it became very, very obvious to me that God was hunting this man down. He was searching for this man. And I was so close to sabotaging what I had, what I had asked God. And that was to make me an oasis, to make me a refuge. You know, this man began to tell me, he said, you know, I was driving. It was in the middle of the night. I was running from the Ozarks. He said, I've been strung out for days. I didn't know where to go and I was afraid. He said, and this place called out to me. He said, it was dark and rainy. He said, and I came up to this building. He said, and I've never felt so much peace. 
He said, I felt so comfortable. He said, I got up against the building and I went to sleep. All I could think was how close I was to allowing my ego and my flesh to override the incredible thing that God was going to do that day. You know, I got to be a witness to that man. And I got to encourage him and I got to tell him how much Jesus loved him. All because of the horrible things that I'd done in my life. And because of Jesus loving me and knowing that he loves me, I knew that he could love him. I got to speak life into him and I got to pray over him. This is a man that never would have walked into a church. This is a man that said that had it not been for that moment that he had decided life was not worth living anymore. I want to tell you right now that you will be somebody's shelter and you will be somebody's refuge. God has called you to be that person, especially a time as such as now. So the last couple Mondays, I've encouraged you to take control over your thoughts. Well, this Monday, I want to encourage you to do it again. Take authority over your thoughts. Don't sabotage the things that God needs you to do for him. He's looking for people who have faith. He's looking for people who have love and compassion and who aren't afraid of losing materialistic bullcrap things. Because that's what it boiled down to. It boiled down to this idea that, oh my God, somebody, somebody's doing something. Somebody's going to do something. Somebody's going to take something. That somehow something bad's going to happen when really... What God needed to happen was something so good. Be somebody's refuge this week. Be somebody's grace this week. Be someone's encouragement this week. It's oftentimes uncomfortable at first, but it's the most rewarding thing that you could ever do for someone. So, as we work through this week, I want to remind you to be the living example of God on this earth. Let your light shine for all to see, because the shining that you do is a reflection of God's glory back to Him. God is good. Be blessed.